0: Okay, so what I'm going to give you this morning is basically uh, something the Lord started in my heart yesterday, and I was out here at 5 o'clock this morning, thank God for the hour extra sleep, to just come and share with you what I feel like the Lord's saying. I had three messages this week. They're all important. One was going to be on the disciplines of God and how we will participate in His suffering, where we've been taught that many of us have been taught that we don't have to suffer at all. How many know that that's not true? Of uh, Jesus suffered, will suffer. I'll talk to you about that sometime. I was going to teach you a little bit from the book of Galatians, but yesterday I had this experience. <clears throat> I went to dinner by myself, went to lunch and had some spaghetti. And while I was sitting there, this this demon—not uh, really, but it felt like—a demon of fear came on me, and I couldn't finish my dinner. And excuse me, but I ended up throwing up on the way home. My stomach was so upset. And I said, Lord, what is this? And, and, and he, he just said, you know what? You need to overcome fear. So I'm talking this morning out of something fresh because I kind of grew up in an environment of fear, not so much in my home, but in the church setting that I was in I always felt like I was never going to be good enough. I never could do it well enough. It was never going to be all that God wanted it to be for me. And, and so I had this fear of always missing God. Plus, I came from a church who believed that every time you did something wrong, you were going to hell. I didn't have any security in my salvation. I got saved every Sunday. And I, I, that was just the way I lived. So there is nothing more debilitating than, I, than fear. And I'm just going to talk to you. Fear can just paralyze you, make you feel like you can't move at all. It can, it, it, it can be in your thinking, it can be in your emotions, and then suddenly, just like yesterday, it can touch your physical body. I mean, your physical body can literally change because of the fear that's coming in you. So I, I looked at some scriptures on fear, and one of the ones that I love is, is out of Isaiah 43. It says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Everybody say, I, I am his. his. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not what? The flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God. So I want us to get an understanding quickly this morning. Fear does not come from God. Everybody say, fear does not come from God. Your sleepless nights are due to the fact that you may have received a bill in the mail and you realize you do not have the money to pay that bill. And it can start off as fear and you can go to sleep that night and wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and have such a panic attack and fear come over you that you're not going to pay that bill, that you see your house being repossessed, you see things happening to your car, you see all those kinds of things happening. And, and that is not from God. Turn to somebody and say, that is not from God. And while I do not like to spend a lot of time talking about the enemy and giving him credit for much, I will tell you what the Apostle Paul said, and this is what he said to me yesterday. The Apostle Paul said, do not be unaware of the enemy's schemes. Do not take lightly the devil's tactics against you. So the Apostle Paul was saying, be careful and understand that uh, that the enemy's plan is for you to mess up and to set you out. Okay, so this is what he said to me yesterday. So while we are connected to God, I know who I am in God. I say it every day. I know that I'm connected to him. I know that that he is working in my life. But for some reason, when the enemy comes, he likes to just kind of like, um, can I just say, uh, what's the word, Uh, dislocate your shoulder. The rest of you is okay. But listen, if your shoulder is dislocated, you can't use your arm. You feel the pain. You begin to realize, now wait a minute, there's something else going on. You can still be worshiping. You can still uh, be doing all the things that God called you to do. You can be believing God, but the enemy wants to get you out of alignment. Why? Because if he can get you out of alignment, he can put you on the sideline, and he can get you out of your place where you function. And fear is what that is. Fear comes to keep me from doing what God wants me to do. Fear comes to dislo- dislocate my shoulder. Fear comes to make me feel like I'm useless, that nothing's going to ever happen, that I'm out of my place, I'm out of my function. That's what fear does. Fear is where you really actually, now listen to me, start agreeing with the enemy. You start seeing it and you start saying, you know, I think that's right. And so what you do is you agree with the enemy and when you, listen to me, when you agree with the lie, you empower the liar. So when you agree with the lie, you start empowering the enemy and his lie in your life and it begins to take such a a place in your life that you begin to feel like, I'm never going to be able to do what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel useless. And anytime that happens, you empower him. So the Lord does not expose your fear because he's mad at you. He's not exposing your fear because he thinks that, that, that you are walking in shame or that you are not doing the right thing, or he never wants you to feel like you just blew it. How many, how many go through those kinds of times, though? So fear is, is really telling us. Now, listen to me. I, I want you to hear this because this is what the Lord said. Fear is telling us there's victory around the corner for us. We have to learn how to overcome the fear. And I'm going to tell you what, that fear, when it takes a hold of me, it takes a hold of my physical body. I can't eat. I can't think. I, I, I get angry. I get upset. And, uh, and, and, but what, what the Lord is saying is he never, ever commands you to take care of that fear by yourself. Fear not doesn't mean that he's saying, I'm commanding you not to fear. What fear not is saying, I want you to get into a partnership with me. I want you to come to understand that I can empower you by grace to overcome what you cannot overcome by yourself. I can take that situation that looks like it's a mountain and it just paralyzes me and begin to say, look, I can give you grace to be an overcomer from fear. I can cause you to understand that I am, let me get to tell you the truth. He's giving you an invitation to kick the devil's butt. That's what he's doing. He's saying, you feel like it's fear? I want to show you something. I want to show you how you can overcome that. So when he says, do not fear, he's not saying uh, in, in, in this way that you have to do this by yourself. He's saying, I want to give you grace. I'm going to give you the capacity. Everybody say Capacity to deal with what's coming against you. Now, I want to look at you for a minute. How many have ever had fear just overtake you? How many are going through things, even right now, maybe physically, that fear is just like, am I going to die? Am I going to live? Is this going to happen? How am I going to take care of this? So having the experience or emotion of fear is not a sin. But when you partner with it, When you start entertaining it, when you start agreeing with it, and when it starts to paralyze you, then it can can become sin in your life. So embracing its truth can dislocate you, dislodge you, get you out of your place, get you out of your purpose, get you out of what you're about to do, because the enemy wants you to be paralyzed. So it's kind of, you have to know, I'm just talking to you, you have to know the difference between uh, fact and truth, okay? You have to know the difference. I can go to the doctor and the doctor can give me a bad report and that's a fact. I I, I don't need to pretend it's not there. I don't do all that kind of stuff. It, it, it is what he said. But then I have to go deeper with what the truth is. And the truth says, Jesus says, it's by My stripes, you're healed. This is a deeper truth. So what happens is you can have facts lining up all day long, but you have to come back and say, now, God, what does your word say? What are you saying about this? How have, what's your word say about my situation? And I I urge every one of you, when you're going through this, find the word of the Lord. Find what he's saying to you. He's got something he wants you to understand. So what happens is you have to embrace the fact that God is, is going to take care of you. And what you have to understand too is he gives us the promise. Now, okay, I, I got to, this is so much in my head. Okay, so so while I'm sitting on the couch yesterday and I'm I'm believing God for some things in my life and I'm not going to let fear take a hold of me, God says, you have to understand that I don't operate in a time schedule like you do. What you have to understand is that what I'm telling you, I've already done it. It's already been done. It may not be manifest in your life, but when you understand what my promise is, you have to know that according to me, it has been finished. It has been complete. It's done. So, so no matter what the bad report is, you have to understand the bad report and the fear is to get you off center, to get you out of your place, to get you out of the calling that God has upon your life. It's to make you feel like you cannot survive. You're not gonna survive. It's hopeless. There's nothing that can be done and that is a lie of the enemy. Turn to somebody and say, that's a lie of the enemy. Okay, so so instead of living in fear, get in alignment with the truth that God has for you and then stay at your assignment. Don't move. Don't move away from your assignment. Don't move away from what God has called you to do. Understand that he has a purpose for you. Why? Because we're actually being used by God to bring a release and breakthrough in the very things that we're crying out for. We just didn't think it was going to happen this way. I don't know if you get that, okay? There are some things I've been praying for. And then all of a sudden when something happens, it's not what I planned. It's not the way I planned. Fear comes on me. This isn't the way I want it to happen. This isn't the way I want But yet we say, God's saying just, you know what? I want you to understand that I can even use this fear to bring you into alignment with me so that my plan can be accomplished even though it seems like it's doing something nasty to you right now at this moment. Amen? So when the enemy comes with fear, he comes to try to stop you. Everybody say, he comes to stop me. He comes to try to paralyze me, making me feel like I can't move. The enemy is trying to render you useless, and that is the result the enemy wants. Because then you're done. Then you can't think about the next step. Then you can't make the next plan. Then you can't hear the next word. Then you can't go the next place. Because you are now powerless, paralyzed, and dislocated. And you feel like there's nothing I can do about this. So when I was talking to the Lord, he said there are two basic things that can help you to get victory. Are you ready? One of them is take it violently. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and what? The violent take it by force. So that approach is we go on the offensive. We say, this isn't going to happen to me. I take authority in the name of Jesus. This is what the word of God says. This is what I believe. This is what I know. I will not stand for this. And you begin to take it, what I would call violently. You, became a, you become a soldier. You take the sword of God and you wield it and you say, this is the authority of God's word. That is a great way. But there's a second way. Sometimes, when God sees us, even in the midst of our weakness, He just says, Come to me as a little child. I want to just show you that I care about you. And He releases a grace for us to overcome that fear. And we didn't have to really do anything. It was just, God, you care about me. Now that's the one I want. But that's not always the way it is. Sometimes I have to get violent. I have to take authority. I'm not talking about getting mad. I'm just saying, this is the word of the Lord. I take authority. I speak the word of God. Now you say, well, which one is it? I I don't know. I start with one. If it's not working, I do the other one. But all I know is that God has a plan. He wants us to understand that we can overcome. So I want to get to the scripture this morning, okay? Uh, My point is that we do not um, have to let fear defeat us. Turn to somebody and say, fear doesn't have to defeat you. So you need to do whatever is necessary to see you get that release. So why does the enemy promote fear? Let me just look at, let's look at Isaiah 51, 12 and 13. I, even I, he who comforts you, who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die, and the son of man who will be made like grass, and you forget the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he has prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? Okay. Now, I, like, I don't like the word, but the word I'm looking at there is, is oppressor or oppression. How many have ever had oppression before? Oppression begins the moment that you agree with the lie of the enemy. What happens is, you're doing well. I was doing well yesterday. And all of a sudden when that came in, that, there, there comes with it this, this darkness, this influence that begins to influence your thoughts and your values. You cannot think straight. Your, your values aren't right anymore. Your thoughts aren't right. Everything is coming out of your fear. You're, you're thinking things that you've never thought before. You, you see yourself in a casket or you see your, your children in a casket. You, all these kinds of things that begin to take place because it's an oppression and it's the reason why it's an oppression is because we're believing the lie of the enemy. How many remember that old song? Whose report will I believe? I will re- believe the report of the Lord. So fear never starts off as a spirit of fear, it just starts off as a little thought that begins to get into your emotions, and you begin to feel emotional about it and feel like, oh, and you see the worst thing that could possibly happen. How many know what I'm talking about? You see the very worst thing, and and, and you begin to talk to the very worst thing and, 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 and begin to entertain it in your mind. It just starts as a simple emotion, and you can work yourself into a frenzy, and you don't even need the devil to help you because all you're doing is thinking about what could happen to you or what's happening to you. So the far extreme is when it becomes a spirit of fear, and you keep entertaining it. So when I was reading yesterday, I was reading the book of Galatians because I was going to preach on that. And I was reminded of the third chapter of Galatians where it says, who has bewitched you? Who has taken you captive? Who has basically brought you into witchcraft in the way that you've been thinking? Who did that to you? And, and, and we say, yes, the enemy did that to us, but, but we have to also understand that that... that Uh, demonic influence of witchcraft or the enemy having control over us is because we want control. And a lot of times our fear, instead of letting Jesus teach us how to overcome it, we start taking authority over our own fear and we get ourselves into this place where we don't want anybody to control us. We don't want anybody to have any authority over us. We want to take control of this ourselves. And anytime we take control of ourselves, we give ourselves to the enemy and we let him have control of our lives. Does that make sense? So, Fear usually starts off simple. It's just a bill. You can't pay it. And then somehow it ends up being your house being repossessed and your kids being pawned out. That wouldn't be such a... No. So I want to take you now just for a few minutes to Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 through 29. It says, Only let your comfort be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent... I may fear I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in a way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God, for it is for for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but also to suffer for his sake, so victory over fear now listen to me, is really a judgment against the enemy and the demonic. I want you to hear that again. Victory over fear is really a judgment over the enemy and over the demonic. When you get victory over fear, it goes on a loudspeaker out all, all over hell and every place where the enemy is, and it says to the enemy they're getting victory. That means I have to be reminded of my end. That reminds me that I am doomed. If I can get them to fear and feel like they're doomed, I don't have to listen to that. I don't have to. I can say I'm taking authority over them. But when they take authority over fear, it is placing a judgment on the enemies of hell saying your time is at hand. It's coming. It's going to be over. So you need to understand that. And so when you begin to take that authority, it announces to the enemy it's over. It's over for you. So it's no wonder the power of darkness works so hard to get us into fear so that it not only dislocates us and gets us out of our effectiveness, but it erases from our thinking, erases from their thinking what they're facing. So here's the idea I'm trying to get across. I don't know if this is working. I feel bad. I feel like I'm messing here, but this is just what my heart is, okay? Uh, Fear messes us up because it connects us to a lie. Say that with me. Fear messes us up because it connects us to a lie. Say that one more time. Fear messes us up because it connects us to a lie. What's the lie? What's the enemy telling you right now? What's the thing that makes you feel like, hey, I I, I can't get out of this mess? I'm just telling you. I'm I'm talking to you because I'm living right here right now. I've got to understand how to overcome fear because it paralyzes me. It, it paralyzes me. It, 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 you just ask my wife. It, it makes me sometimes not be able to talk. It makes me want to just lay down and sleep because I don't want to have to deal with what I'm dealing with. And, and there are things in all of our life right now that, that we're thinking, how do we deal with this? And the enemy comes to bring fear on us so that we can just keep from doing the effective thing that God has for us. It's, it's not even always so much. Listen, it's not always so much, I don't know my purpose. You can know your purpose, but if you're not acting your purpose, it's sometimes because you've allowed fear to cause you to be paralyzed so that you can't do the thing that God has called you to do. So here's how I want to end this morning. So what do we do about this? What do we do about Here's Here's a couple of questions. What am I doing? What am I doing about this? What are you doing right now with your thoughts that come to you to weaken you and paralyze you? What are you doing with the thoughts that are coming to make you fearful and afraid? And you just can't seem to get those things out of your mind. You can't sleep. You can't stop thinking about it. And you even wake up in the middle of the night in a panic because you really think something is going to happen to you. How many of you lost sleep over stupid things? I have. I've lost lost sleep over stupid things. So if you've spent all night... Thinking about those things, and if you spend all night having these visions in your mind, then I know you know how to meditate. And if you know how to meditate, let's, tw- let's quit meditating on the bad things. Let's start meditating on what the Lord says. Begin to speak the Word of God. I have recently taken a, a piece of paper and written down a promise of something because I was having fear in an area, and I put that in my pocket, and every once in a while during the day, I get it out and I read it, and I read it out loud. You need to hear yourself read it. You need to hear your voice declare, this is what the Lord says. I don't want you to say it in your, in your uh, under your breath. I want you to say this is what the lord the lord says fear not i am with you i am going to walk with you through this fear not so so if, whatever you need to do find the word of the lord in your situation find the word of the lord in your situation if it's it's a physical need just write down the the word of the lord says i'm in covenant with god and jesus says it is by his stripes I'm healed. And then go to the New Testament and see where it says, and by his stripes I'm healed. And then after the, after the cross, it says in the book, of, I think it's the book of James, by his stripes I was healed, or we were healed. It goes from the positive that it, it's already happened. So feed your mind on what gives you hope and what gives you light. You don't need another prophetic word from somebody here in the church necessarily. What you need is, what's God saying to me? Can I ask you something? If you've spent all this time in fear, would you just take a portion of that time in faith and begin to say, Lord, what are you saying to me about this situation? I don't care what anybody else says. I have to believe what the Lord is saying. So my growing up, Kind of sometimes let me just live in fear, like I was, I, I I was gonna mess up. I was always gonna I mean, I was always in fear that 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 Jesus would catch me doing something. Well, he didn't have to catch me. He's with me. He sees what I'm doing, okay? And and so I always felt like I was just gonna drop off into hell. And and, I, and I, I'm gonna tell you something, that is hard, especially as you're a kid growing up. It's no wonder kids want to move away from the things of the Lord. They, they live under such fear and oppression. We need to understand that's not what the Lord is doing to them. We need to take authority for our kids and say, this is what the Scripture says. This is what the Word says about you. So in my journey, I always seem to want to walk in fear and shame, and it, and it grabbed a hold of me. But one day, about 40-some years ago, 50-some the Lord told me to read this verse. I'm going to read it to you, several verses. First John four, seventeen. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Read the next part with me. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So when we confess we have a spiritual experience with God, we have to understand that it has to go from the ethereal or the supernatural or the spiritual and has to come real in the natural. So if I'm saying, yes, the word says it's by his stripes I'm healed, it needs to manifest in the natural. And if it's not manifesting in the natural yet, I still say it. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray for other people that need to get healed. So, so yesterday when I was talking about it, I never quite understood. Perfect love, Cassa, what is perfect love? Well, Jesus' love for us is perfect. But perfect love means that we really believe that God loves you and he loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you. If I say that I love God, but I don't love you, I don't love God. And and so what is happening right now, I believe, this is just what I believe. I think think, um, prophetically that there's coming a time where this next generation is going to understand how to overcome fear. I believe the church is at a place right now where we can overcome fear, where we do not have to let it paralyze us, where we don't have to not hardly get out of bed because we don't want to be with people because we have such fear. We have to take authority over that. And it's not the authority that you take because you're going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's the authority you take because you believe what the Word of God says and you say, God, this is what you say. You believe that? So, so the Lord's speaking to us right now that if, if you are living in fear... And you need to know what to do. One of the first things I would do is I would start serving somebody else. Not looking at yourself all the time. Who can I help? Who can I serve? Who can I show love to? Who can I be around that that needs an encouragement to experience that God loves them? Because the fear will try to dislocate you and cause you to be rendered powerless. And guess what? You won't even want to be in the body of Christ. You'll want to set yourself away. I don't want to be with them. And sometimes we say that because we feel like we're not worthy. Well, we're not, but he is. Sometimes we say that because we have a fear of people. We have a fear of of disease. We have a fear of all those kinds of things. And the Lord's saying to us that that he's going to give us mature love, and that mature love is find someone else that we can serve. Find someone else that you can love. Find someone else so you're not always thinking about your own self. Does Does that make sense? Okay. So so what am I going to do? I'm going to get a hold of the Word of God, and I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to love somebody. I'm going to serve somebody. I'm going to help somebody else in this situation. Okay? Now, stop being impressed by the size of your problem. Okay? Stop being impressed by the size. Sometimes we look at our problem and we're just, oh, my goodness, look at this. See that the Word of God is greater than your thinking. See that the Word of God is greater than your thoughts. Stop being impressed with your problem and be impressed with His Word that delivers you from your problem. Believe that, okay? I'm just, ah, are you getting this? See, I I have to tell you, I can't hardly get a hold of this. It's a stronghold in my life. I always have a tendency to look at the bad thing and not believe the good thing. And even when I get a hold of the good thing, I still start thinking, well, the bad thing could still happen. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He's a great God. He knows what you have need of. He knows exactly what you have need of. So this is a challenge that you have to believe what he says and you have to start believing it even when your emotions get scary. God is greater than your emotions. I, used to, I had a struggle with somebody many years ago and um, when I would even think about them, my insides would literally shake. I'm serious. I would quiver on the inside. It was like, this can't be real. Come on. Who are they? but it was real. And I had to say to the Lord, Lord, I don't like this feeling. I don't like this emotion. I don't like this quivering. I don't like the way I'm feeling right now. You know what the Holy Spirit said to me? Stop thinking about them and start praying for them. Start praying that I will touch their heart because that's really where the victory is. It's really not about you quivering. It's about them getting set free. Do you... Does that make sense? Okay. So 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 what am I doing right now? Understand this that the enemy is intimidated by your success he is intimidated by the things that you're doing for the kingdom he's intimidated we start thinking well i'm not a success god already sees you as a success the enemy sees that success success and he says what can i do to get them out of that success what can i get the, to, what can i do to keep them from coming and, and opening up the heavens over them or over the church or wherever he's saying understand that i am intimidated or the enemy is intimidated by your success He wants to dislocate you. He wants to ruin your effectiveness. He doesn't want you to remind him of his eternal judgment. And that's why he wants you to fall in the issues of life that you're going through right now. So, what are you going to do? What are you going to do for someone else? How are you going to take authority? So, it's not only what you're doing, but now the second thing is, and I'm about done, what are you saying? What are you saying right now? Are you speaking that fear? Are you talking about that fear? Are you talking about what could happen that isn't necessarily going to happen? Say only what God is saying. Don't say what anybody else is saying. Say only what God is saying. And I'm about to say some things that might uh, bother you a little bit. But I know that we've gone through a time where people will say, I just don't believe in all this confession stuff. And I know there's been abuse in confession I, I'm not talking about confessing that you're going to have a new Cadillac or a new car. I'm talking about confessing what the word of the Lord says, even if it hasn't come to pass yet. Amen. Saying what God says, even if you don't see the victory in that. And so, so I, was, I was just talking to the Lord about that. Well, how do I explain that? And, and uh, he took me to Joel chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Um, and it says, Proclaim among the nations, prepare for war, wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Now look at this. Be your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. And let the weak say, say it, I am strong. I am strong. I'm an overcomer. This is not going to destroy me. This fear is not going to take me. I've got the word of the Lord on this thing. I know who I am. I know what I've been called to do. I see the vision. I was talking to Curtis about this. Um. When the Apostle Paul got shipwrecked, you remember that? And everybody thought they were going to die. Paul didn't think he was going to die. Why? Because he already had a vision of where he was going to be later. So he knew that God was going to have to deliver him to that. So he had a work to do. He knew he wasn't going to die. One of the greatest ways for you to overcome fear is get the word of the Lord on what he has for you. Get your to destiny. Find out where he's going to take you and say, nothing can trip me up because I know my destiny. I know what he's called me to do. I know what he has for me. I know his plan for me. So I know that I can't let this happen. So sometimes we have to say even what we don't feel. So it says, let the weak say, what? I'm strong. Okay. How many feel weak this morning? No, you're strong. You're strong because that's what the word of the Lord says. Grace is imparted to you when you speak what he tells you to speak. Grace is imparted to you when you speak what he tells you to speak. Strong sense of reality when you begin to declare it. Confession is important. So say what he is saying. Don't say what he's not saying. Don't use it for your magic genie kind of thing. Well, I'm just going to speak this. No, find out what the word says about your situation and begin to speak it. So here's why I'm asking you. What are you saying? Everybody say, what am I saying? What am I doing? And the last one is, what in the world am I praying? What am I praying? And so I want to use that tonight for corporate prayer. I want you to come tonight with a scripture that talks about how you can overcome fear. And I want us to pray those prayers, and I want us to get people free. I want you to get out of that place where you've been dislocated, dislodged, and interrupted. And I want you to get back on the course and say, this is the course that God has set for me. I am going to be a part of what he says. So I end with this. This this I love Ezekiel. So God says to Ezekiel, do you see those dry bones? Do you see these dry bones? And then he says, Uh, Can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel was smart and he says, Only you know, God. And God begins to say, I want you to speak to the dry bones and watch them come to life. I want to see you speak to the dry bones. I want to see you speak to your fear this morning. Whatever's causing fear in your life, I want you to speak to that fear. I want you to say, This is what the Lord says about this. And I want you to believe that God will do what he says. And when you begin to get in your place, what you're saying to the enemy is your days are over. Your days are numbered. You have no authority over me because I know the word of the Lord. Whose report am I going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. So I'm believing for this church that we're going to come out of our fear. We've been through some stuff it's been hard I've resigned a lot of times in my mind I've wanted to quit I ran in fear I can't talk about it I really can't because I still have visions of it happening again where I feel like how are we going to overcome this and the enemy is saying that's not my destiny for you My destiny isn't for you to walk out the report that you think or you feel. My destiny is that you walk out what I've called you to do. I've called you to be an overcomer. I've called you to be victorious. I've called you to stand when no one else can stand. I've I've, I've called you to believe me when no one else will believe me. you walking around being paralyzed being fired. I don't want you to feel like I'm helpless and hopeless. I can't fulfill my destiny because of the things at the end enemy...